This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, how are you? Bokertov, yes, still uh, experiencing our heat wave. Um, and as I mentioned a few times before, um, also very hot temperatures around Europe. It's interesting that the Spanish Institute of Marine Sciences yesterday said that the Mediterranean Sea had reached its highest temperature ever on record wow, wow, on Monday wow. during the heat wave. Apparently, the median sea surface temperature, as measured by satellites, reached 28.71 degrees centigrade. So that's kind of the average surface temperature of the Mediterranean Sea. It would be fair to say that in Israel, we've certainly experienced sea temperatures of 30 degrees and above uh, on the occasion. And I just looked up what today's sea temperature is, uh, and it is 29 degrees in the Mediterranean Sea today off the coast of Israel. But um, the increasing temperatures in the sea are not just warmer water, and that's it. It obviously has an impact on marine life. Apparently, between 2015 and 2019, when there were a number of heat waves, about 50 species of coral and mollusks were decimated from the Mediterranean Sea, which has been classified as a kind of a hotspot for climate change. And there is a lot of concern that uh, the marine ecosystem in the Mediterranean um, is being uh, destabilized with the decline in biodiversity and the arrival of several invasive species that are making themselves at home because of the warmer water. And um, this, uh, of course, temperature rise is of some concern. A very, very real concern. Crazy. but uh, And, and of course, tomorrow is the fast of Tisha the heat, uh, the heat, the long summer day. That's obviously quite concerning. Um, it will be very, very hot tomorrow for Tisha B'Av. It's one of those um, 25-hour fast days, only one of the two 25-hour fast days in the, Hebrew, in the Jewish calendar. The other day, of course, being Yom Kippur. Um, the fast begins in Israel at approximately quarter to eight this evening and will come out at quarter to nine tomorrow. Oh, um, and there will be some special instructions issued for those people who do wish to observe the fast but also need to continue with whatever work they're doing, whether they be soldiers or people out in the field. Um, I'm guessing that there will be instructions issued uh, for those people, but certainly um, a very solemn day in the calendar. And it's going to be interesting to see what turns out tomorrow in Jerusalem, because already we've seen some announcements by Palestinian groups saying that they're going to oppose Jewish groups trying to ascend the Temple Mount tomorrow. There is a certain tradition of Jews wanting to go up to the Temple Mount on Tisha B'Av, given it's the day upon which both the first and the second temples were destroyed according to the, the, the Jewish calendar. And so there are people who like to go to the Temple Mount on Tisha B'Av as a special kind of a visit. 
Um, so uh, we're going to see how all of that pans out tomorrow. Mm. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the the repercussions around the judicial reform. International rating agencies have responded to the enactment of the law to cancel the reasonableness test by downgrading their credit rating for Israel, or at least issuing a warning about uh, the economic impact. W- which agencies have issued updates? Well, there was quite a, a rapid response, quite an immediate response. It came from the Morgan Stanley Credit Rating Agency, um, where they actually immediately uh, issued a downgrade to the credit rating right away yesterday. And they updated the sovereign credit to what they call a dislike stance, saying that the government has reaffirmed the trajectory of its economy in a direction that, in their words, is likely to scare off investors. That's the word of, those are the words of Morgan Stanley. Moody's um, issued a warning of a significant risk that political and social tensions will lead to negative consequences for Israel's economy and security situation. So even though Moody's didn't um, issue a, a restatement of their, their credit risk, their credit rating, but they did issue a warning. We do know that Fitch are due to also um, report an update during the month of August. Um, and in addition to that, um, we had uh, Citibank making a statement also um, issuing some sort of a warning that Israel's rating could be affected, um, saying that there hasn't, uh, they, ha- they haven't made any um, official statements or announcements, but uh, they feel that there is a negative outlook mm. being given, uh, given that the reforms have been pushed forward. I think it's interesting to to think about whether this lack of stability arises purely from the actions that the government have taken to cancel the reasonableness test or whether, to some degree, the response by Israelis, by protesting on the street and striking and creating some sort of a lack of stability within the economy, to what extent that has also... Yeah, interesting, because I was going to ask that. It's almost like Israel has willed this upon themselves, because had this gone through, and I'm not... uh, commenting on 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 the the um, details of the judicial reform had this gone through with very little reaction i would very much doubt you'd have had this type of moody's response um i think it's probably a little weak even though moody's uh, even though the credit agencies across the board have been quite cautious not to lay any of the blame against the uh, protest movement. None of them have really mentioned the fact that the protest movement has created the lack of stability. They've all spoken about the government actions and the lack of... Mm. Uh, um, the, yeah, no, the, I, the I don't think they would. I, I doubt they would blame the protests, but they can't help themselves but get caught up in the the, the mood and the negativity of the country. I think that that's correct, but I think also that, you know, as a result of this change, there's a certain lack of predictability about the economy. It's unclear exactly what will transpire, how things will go, what the impact of this uh, judicial reform process really will be, not only on the political situation, but indeed on the economic situation. And, for example, the markets yesterday responded very dramatically, the Tel Aviv uh, stock exchange was down 
something like three percent, and I think over the last two days has down been down almost four, maybe more than four percent, um, just over the last few days. The shekel yesterday weakened quite substantially by almost three percent against the US dollar. So the markets yesterday reacted very, very negatively indeed, um, and I think that a lot of it just is about uncertainty because. Traditionally, financial markets don't like uncertainty. The credit rating agencies certainly don't like uncertainty. So I'm just thinking that even though um, a lot of this is painted as very negative, I think that there's just the, the lack of certainty factor, which is more of a contributing factor to the um, way in which the credit rating agencies and indeed the general markets are looking at the situation. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that this is, that this has been willed, uh, that, that uh, whether advertently or inadvertently, um, it's, it's been, Israel has willed it upon themselves through the, the, um, and, and, and I've said it before and I said it yesterday, I think the slightly hysterical response to it is not helping. I, I don't mm. think that, I don't think that it is doing uh, the, the, the country any good. I definitely hear your view, and I think that it's easy for people um, to sit and, and look at this and say, hang on a second, this is a, an overreaction to a situation because really very, very little has happened. So they've cancelled the reasonableness test that applies to the Supreme Court. Uh, and so what? You know, mm. the sun will rise tomorrow and the economy is the same because it's been interesting that both Minister of Finance and the Prime Minister yesterday came out saying this is all just a storm in a teacup in terms of the way that the credit rating agencies are reacting, and that once the dust has settled, everybody will understand that Israel has a very, very strong economy and that there is no reason to have issued these warnings or to create this uh, feeling that the economy is somehow impacted by the passage of this law yesterday. And, um, you know, it's certainly easy to see why people look at this and think that this is an overreaction. But I think that the, the citizens of Israel feel that we need to have the checks and balances in place. And even if the government ultimately doesn't take advantage of this cancellation of the reasonableness test um, from the high court uh, system, there needs to be the ability to challenge government decisions and to allow the high court to intervene to a certain degree. And to mm. the extent that we can't challenge those decisions, um, there is a feeling that the government might be given a right to do almost as it pleases, even against better judgment. And I think that that's where the nervousness is, that it's kind of a little creep, a, a mm. small mm. steps being taken to try to somehow deny the right to challenge the reasonableness of laws, of decisions being made by the Knesset and by the government. And over time, um, and especially with certain special interest groups who have a, a disproportionate power within the co governing coalition, that the, there is a danger that their special interests may well be imposed upon the majority against better judgment and potentially against what could be regarded as constitutionally fair. And because we don't have a constitution, we need someone to stand up and to be able to protect the freedoms which would otherwise mm. oh, no, be granted I don't, yeah. and, and by I don't doubt that. I, I'm certainly not arguing the, the, uh, an alternative to that. Um, I just think that uh, that that uh, that 
the reality is that these the, the downgrades or the warning of the downgrades definitely reflect a sentiment um, in in the country which probably wouldn't have been had it not been for the reaction if it's worth it True. and if it's yep. if it's if it's the price that has to be paid well that's cool as you as you rightly say i'm not living it and breathing it every day but well actually i am just uh, from a little bit further but uh, but it's it's not quite the same as living it so so i, I do hear it i, I just mm. wanted to cover the the um, the members of the co- the governing coalition tried yesterday to introduce a bill to address the issues of the Haredi draft. Uh, can you take us through that? Yes, yeah, so this was an interesting attempt yesterday by the uh, members of the United Torah Judaism Party, who are members of the governing coalition, to try to introduce a bill which they have called uh, a ba- part of the basic law. So they've labeled this basic law, Torah study is a supreme value in the heritage of the Jewish people. That is the way in which the law has been drafted and their request is to include this as part of the basic laws of Israel which uh, in the absence of a constitution really represents um, a kind of a quasi-constitution. And what they're trying to do is really introduce two main concepts, the first of which is the recognition that Torah study is a supreme value in the heritage of the Jewish people. And the second clause says that the state of Israel as a Jewish state views the encouragement of Torah study and Torah students with the utmost importance and regarding their rights and duties. Those who dedicate themselves to studying Torah for an extended period should be viewed as having served a significant service to the state of Israel and the Jewish people. That is the second clause of this proposed bill that they wish to include as part of the basic law. And where this goes is effectively to say that those who have committed themselves to Torah study should be treated equally as to those who have served in the IDF. They are equating the two services as being equal to each other. In the past, the Supreme Court has ruled on these matters and actually struck down a Haredi conscription bill on constitutional grounds saying that the law was too sweeping and too broad and therefore violated the notion of equality. But now that the Supreme Court doesn't have the right to apply the reasonableness, they took to, uh, they grabbed the opportunity yesterday to try to reintroduce a basic law which will effectively equate studying in the yeshiva with serving in the IDF. I'm interested to hear what the listeners think about this because um, members of the governing coalition have come out quite strongly, especially Yoav Gallant, the Minister of Defense, saying that while we all value Torah study mm. and we would like to encourage it as much as possible, we don't equate it to be equal to service in the IDF. And in the past, there are people who have said Torah study and studying in yeshiva is almost like studying in a university. Let's equate those two mm. concepts mm. to be equal to each other rather than the trying army. to equate mm. Torah study with service to the country. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's where the little um, dif- the distinction is being drawed, drawn. Um, members of the league could have already said that this bill 
is not on the agenda right now. So even though the members of the United Torah Judaism Party tried to introduce it yesterday, according to the Likud, this is not something that's coming up for discussion. And certainly um, the, uh, the members of Shas Party, who would normally be quite supportive of such a bill, have come out saying this is not the right time and this is not the right thing to do and it was done without our knowledge and we're all very angry about it. So even supporters from Shastu you would expect to be supporting a bill of that nature are actually not supportive right now um, because of the way in which it was done. They actually described themselves as being in shock the proposal was put forward without their knowledge and which causes what they call enormous damage to the defense of yeshiva students. So this is an issue which is going to roll because, interestingly, um, this matter was part of the coalition agreements between the United Torah Judaism Party and the Likud when they agreed to enter the coalition. And indeed, this law was supposed to have been passed along with the budget which was passed earlier this year and, of course, wasn't included in that budget package. It's also been very controversial through the courts and many court rulings on this particular matter. So um, I'm just putting it out there for Mm, listeners mm. to have their say and say, do you think that uh, yeshiva study uh, can be equated to service in the IDF and therefore graduates from the yeshivas be uh, treated in the same way as graduates from the IDF, which means they might get... Um, a sum of money at the end of their service. They might get the right to to further money uh, further down the line. IDF soldiers who have finished their service are usually entitled to a one-time payment upon completion of their service, and they're also entitled to further payments towards university study and towards potentially opening up of businesses. They're entitled to help uh, from the government if they have completed their IDF service. Should yeshiva graduates be entitled to the same? Question. So, uh, yeah, Chaya says, yes, I think it is equal to the service, especially in the army. And uh, Adam says, bollocks. Uh, 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 they don't, uh, if they don't have to serve in the IDF, they certainly can do Sharut Leumi. That's where we do need to leave it. Anthony, it is 8 o'clock, wishing you a meaningful fast. And uh, I hope that the weather remains relatively reasonable. And we'll catch you on Monday morning. Have a great weekend and a Shabbat Shalom. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebluagency.com. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова